Okay, if you have your Bibles, you can turn in them to Isaiah chapter 58. Um, if you don't have your Bible, you can look in your bulletin. On the inside of your bulletin, there's uh, the verses that we're going to be looking at. There's also an outline there if you want to take notes. Today we're going to be looking at Isaiah 58 verses 13 and 14. So friends, listen. This is God's Word. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is God's word. So we're in a series called Rest, Sermons for Sabbath, and we're seeing that God has designed us, and even he's designed the world, so that we would take Sundays off and make Sundays sacred. Okay, And doing that uh, reminds us, when we take Sundays off and make them sacred, <clears throat> we are reminded of a few things. This is what we've seen so far. We're reminded that time is going somewhere. Okay, time is not an endless, pointless, repeating cycle, but it's actually heading for glory. <clears throat> time is heading for a, a place where we will inherit a new heavens and a new earth that is perfected and glorious with community and joy and wonder. <clears throat> We've also seen that when we observe the Sabbath, it reminds us that Jesus has given us rest. That Jesus sets us free from needing to earn our salvation, and he gives us rest. And then we're going to start looking at this today, that the Sabbath means freedom from slavery. Okay, Taking Sundays off and making them sacred rehearses our freedom from the things in our culture that enslave us. Okay, Last week we saw that the Sabbath is a divine excuse to unplug from the economy. Okay, We saw that last week. Today we're going to see how the Sabbath um, sets us free from slavery to entertainment. And then next week we'll see how the Sabbath sets us free from busyness and being crazy busy. So if you feel like you might not have enough time, come next week and we'll talk about that. So today we're focused on entertainment. And as with most things, um, the subject of entertainment is one that has tempted the church to respond in two different and wrong extremes. Okay? Sometimes the church has been against all forms of entertainment. Other times the church has consumed all forms of entertainment without any kind of corrective. And so this is just the wrong reactions of the church. Sometimes the church has said, hey, entertainment is evil. How could you possibly stomach storytelling. Could you possibly look at things that aren't even true? Um, some famous person that if I named him, um, he, he, he made a decision he would never ever read a fiction book because he wanted to live in the real world. That's an extreme and wrong reaction to entertainment. But on the other side, you've got, this is an article, the title of an article in the New York Times, Thou shalt not kill except in a popular video game at church. And it tells the story of a youth group that attracted kids to come to their youth group services by offering them the opportunity to play Halo. 
okay, which is a first-person shooter game, video game where you kill and shoot and maim and cripple and destroy. Um, and so this is, I think, also a wrong extreme reaction. Okay, now, seeing these two wrong extremes, this is why one of the values of our church is being what we call city positive. Right, you remember that? It's one of the values, city positive. And, and this means that in everything, including entertainment, we see and celebrate what's good, and then we mourn and seek to heal what's bad. Okay, and this gives us a nuanced and more layered approach to things like entertainment. So, every week, okay, every week, every seven days, God gives you a Sabbath. He asks you to take the day off and to make it sacred. Entertainment, though, okay, entertainment can be a temptation to take the day off without making it sacred. Okay, look back at Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14. I want you to just underline a couple of these phrases. Um, underline, if you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day. Okay, so underline that. We see here that there's um, a way to observe the Sabbath where we're doing our pleasure instead of God's. Okay, and then look down um, where he says, not going your own ways, underline that, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly. Underline those things. Okay, there's a way to take the day off without making it sacred. There's a way of taking the day off without honoring God in it. Um, Eugene Peterson has written, um, it's really a book that's written to pastors, but um, in it has some incredible stuff on Sabbath and what it means to, to keep the Sabbath. And he puts it simply, and I said this, I think, a few weeks ago. He said that the way to observe the Sabbath in a way that honors God is to do both. He says two things, pray and play. Okay, pray and play. The temptation, again, of entertainment is that on the Sabbath, we would simply play all day. We're tempted to take the day off, not make it sacred. To only play, though, is to miss something that's incredibly vital. Okay, and this is what Eugene Peterson says. He says, Many who take the day off, which is only half the way to observe the Sabbath, are often pleased with the results. They get more done on the six days than they used to do on seven. Mental and physical health improve markedly with a day off. People feel better. Their efficiency sharpens. Relationships improve. But this isn't a true Sabbath. With this, there won't be deep spiritual rest. What will happen if you let entertainment take over your day off is that you will step out of one hamster wheel and into another. You might leave the hamster wheel of your work, but you will end up in another hamster wheel of the weekend. Okay, without making the day sacred, you'll fill your time either with work or entertainment. And we want to say, entertainment is a gift from God, but if it's not used correctly, it can be as spiritually destructive as the materialism of the economy. And it can be as addictive as drugs and alcohol. And so this is the first point that we want to make here today. Entertainment can make us slaves. If you want to take notes, that's number one there. Entertainment can make us slaves. Now again, entertainment can make us slaves. It doesn't have to make us slaves. Entertainment is not bad in and of itself. 
Um, we want entertainment to rejuvenate us, but so often it doesn't deliver and it actually enslaves us. What do I mean by this? Well, let's just talk for a second about social media. Okay, social media um, was designed, or I don't know how it was designed, but initially it was presented to us as this enjoyable way to catch up with and stay in tune with friends, family members. But what it becomes is an enslaving, endless time suck. Right? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, like they demand more and more and more of your time. And I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel every time I go on there, I feel like, oh man, I'm behind. How much stuff did I miss? How far down should I scroll? And God, why, why, why did they figure out how to make it look like I'm almost at the bottom of the page? And then when I get to the bottom, it just like jumps and there's more. Like, because it just, it's never done. No matter how far down I scroll, there's still hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of updates that I haven't read yet. Good grief. This is what happens. It makes us feel like we are constantly behind. So that's social media. What about Netflix or Amazon Prime? Okay. Went from being this, hey, this is a cool way to watch movies. Man, this is great. I don't have to go to the, I don't have to go to Redbox. I don't have to go to Block. I don't have to do, like, I can just get it streams right through the thing. I don't even have to have cable anymore. Right? So it goes from being the source of entertaining stories and it turns into this offer, right? It turns into this drug pusher that tries to say, hey, come on, one more episode, right? And it's 2.30 in the morning. And oh, wait, wait, hold on. Oh, there, there's six episodes. I can do one more because then I can do five tomorrow and I'll be done with season eight. <laughs> right? Can I get an amen? Anybody else struggle with this? I mean, that's what it does to us, right? Man, just one episode and it's 2.30 in the morning. Good grief. And this is rest, right? This is, re- this is entertainment. This is rest. And yet, gosh, I feel like there's this collar around my... I can't leave. i got to just hit... Oh, i got to get the button next. Oh, here. Because it's only 44 minutes, right? An hour long episode. It's only 44 minutes. The commercials aren't there. Oh, man. Man. We know that we need rest. But even the rest that's presented to us comes to us as entertainment and there's a hook in it, right? It makes us enslaved. And it's not just media stuff. Um, Man, think about all the video games and the apps that are on our phones, that are on our iPads, that are on our tablets, that are on our TVs now, that are on our, I mean, good grief, everywhere we are. And again, they start out as entertaining, Like, oh, how cool. So I can actually exercise my math skills and figure out if I pull this bird back at this angle and send it off and then apply momentum and acceleration, I can strike this wall and destroy all the pigs in one shot. Like, how cool is that? That's even mathematically and spatially stimulating, right? I can have my kids play Angry Birds and and it'll be an educational thing, right? Man. Anybody else justify things like this? This is what I do. Man, but then we start playing, and then again, these games suck us in, and we have to keep playing. Because we've got to be able to defend the castle, not just and get the three stars, but we've got to do it in the iron. You know, I've got to be like the Iron Man guy, defender of the castle, right? I've got to get away from that temple and make sure that 
the, uh, I gotta make sure that that, I don't even know what it is. It's, I thought it was an ape and then I saw the face of it. It's like this demon thing chasing me out of the temple, right? And I gotta get away. I gotta get farther, faster. I mean, this is what these things do, right? And we're enslaved. And we're enslaved. And I mean, I don't know, like, I've had times where I've, I've just gone over my phone and been like, okay, delete, 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 delete. I gotta be freed from this. I gotta get rid of this slavery. And what's crazy is that, oh man, it doesn't really help. I read an article this week that said, the aftertaste of affluence is boredom. We have money more than any other nation in the world. I know not all of us are what we consider wealthy, um, but man, all of us, we have a measure of affluence and the aftertaste of affluence is boredom. It's boredom. And I think it's wise, too, to, just to put our finger on and maybe put the spotlight even onto hobbies that aren't media-driven, that aren't electronic. Um, there are things that we can do. Sometimes it's hiking. Sometimes it's camping. Sometimes it's, you know, bike riding, fitness, right? There are, there are entertaining things that we can do that also can become enslaving to us. Um, and that can happen sometimes because we, can, we just never stop doing it and we feel like we have to do more and more and more. Um, other times... It ends up, the slavery feels like guilt. Right? It feels like guilt because we don't do it enough. Right? And so these things that are designed to bring us life end up enslaving us. And so, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was asking, I want to ask, like, why is this so enslaving? Like, why do we have such a draw to this stuff? Like, why is it that Facebook can claim that the average user spends four hours a day on Facebook? And I'm thinking there's got to be some marketing, you know, screwing with the numbers thing on that. I just can't imagine it's four hours. I mean, maybe. Like, I was thinking maybe they say, well, our users have the app, have the website or the app open four hours a day. And so maybe they're just, like, fudging the numbers so they can boost their stock price. I don't know. But four hours a day is what they say. Good grief. Why is it so enslaving? I've thought about this a little bit. Here's some reasons. This is still under point one. Why is it so enslaving? Well, one, because we long for another world. Don't we? I mean, whether it's the fake world of movies, television, or video games, or if it's the real world, <laughs> real world of other people's social lives online, um, it is so easy to see that the grass is so much greener on the other side of the fence. And it's easier to escape our world with all of these options now rather than facing the flesh and blood world that's before you. So we long for another world, and that's what sucks us in. And we also get bored. We're just bored. You might not want another world, but you just aren't very excited about living in this world. Um, so many types of entertainment, it's interesting, are, are quest-oriented. You know, the video games, the apps that people play, they're driven by a quest, right? There's a story, or, or it could just be there's a score. I mean, seriously, Doodle Jump. Have you ever played that game? You know, you're literally just trying to jump higher and higher and higher and higher. But I gotta, I gotta beat 78,226 because that was my last record. I know I can do it. Flight pattern: I can land 416 jets. Actually, I can't. My mother-in-law can't. No, no, I can't. I like 70. I think is my high score on that. But you hear it, and you're like, oh man, I've got to be able to crush 40 waves of zombies with my plants, right? And you just, it's like this is what happens. We're bored, and so we get sucked in. 
Um, and then third, we want to be served. We want to be served. And there's some teeth in this one. Um, we want to feel like we are in control of our lives. There is so much that's out of our control at work. There's so much that we have no control over in our relationships. Other people don't do things that we want them to do, right? Other people don't act the way we wish they would act, and we have no idea what to do to fix it. We are out of control, and so entertainment comes to us and says, you can have it your way. You can have it any way you want for as long as you want, in as many ways as you want. I mean, and so... Man, entertainment puts us in the, in the driver's seat and it makes us feel like we are the king, we are the queen um, of our time. And I think that this is the heart of what begins to be especially toxic and enslaving about entertainment. I think the key problem is that it treats you like you are the center of the universe. And I don't think this is just a cute thing to make you feel guilty about how much time you spend on these things. I, I really do believe that the entertainment industry is designed to deliver to you an experience that makes you feel served. think with entertainment, again, it's all about you. And it's, it's, I mean, it's deceitful because we don't really understand it when it's happening. Um, I think that this is also what is so incredibly enslaving about pornography, right? This is a form of entertainment that so many people deal with and struggle with in all of its forms, whether it's soft porn of looking at other people that you see on the streets or at the workplace and the way that they dress, um, and then your mind takes them places, or, you know, the soft porn that's in, like, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit magazines or what's on television to pornography that's Playboy, Penthouse, Hustler, the stuff that you can watch in movies, um, the stuff that's just available all over the Internet. I mean, you're two clicks away from just about anything that you want. And the central, it seems like the central gospel message of pornography is that you are the center of the universe. And what you want, you can have. And it is enslaving. It is enslaving. And I just, I want to say, men, women, if you are enslaved in any way to pornography, you need to get help. You need to not let this day go without talking to someone in the church. It could be a friend, it could be me, it could be Chad, it could be one of the elders. You need to make sure that if you are, in, you, I mean, for, you need to recognize that you are enslaved. You can't do anything on your own to get out of it. You need help. You need help. Um, I think in terms of just contrasting last week and this week, the economy says that if you have more, you need to have more to be more. And if you have more, you are more. What entertainment does, it says you'll be happy when you are served. When you can finally gather around you, people, events, places, games, websites, 
anything that will serve you and do what you want, then you will be happy. Then you will be happy. And I think what is so important for us to, 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 to come to grips with, for us to own, and for us to like put deep into our hearts is that what happens with entertainment, what can happen with entertainment is that it breeds rank selfishness. You train yourself for more and more hours a day to just get what you want and to do what you want and have other people revolve their world around you so that you're the center of the universe. It's no wonder why relationships are so difficult. Right? Because when do we ever spend time in difficult relationships? We don't have to anymore. You don't have to be with people you don't like. You don't have to be with people who are uncomfortable to be around. You don't have to be with people that make you feel awkward. Because you can spend all your time on Facebook. You can even choose whose updates you want to see and whose updates you don't. Man, but real relationships are difficult. Okay, if you're having trouble in a friendship or in a dating relationship or a marriage relationship or with your kids or with your parents, if you're having trouble in a relationship, you might not be doing it wrong. Sometimes it's hard because relationships are difficult. Because when two people who have desires, needs, wants come together, like part of what's difficult is when these things bump up against each other. When these edges, these rough edges, like scrape each other and hurt each other. But you can't run from that. Because if you run from that, what happens is your edges get bigger, your edges get sharper, your edges get stronger. And if you don't have a real, meaningful community around you, that selfishness, it's not just bad for you. It's bad for, it's bad for the world. The kind of selfishness that entertainment can foster and flourish in your life destroys the world. It destroys communities. It destroys neighborhoods. Man. So, entertainment can enslave us. And again, I just I hope that you can see the connections between, again, building your life around, hey, I want to do this for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours every day. Um, and the kind of selfishness that says, like, no, I don't want you to get your way. I want my way. Um, and the damage that that can do to community in bigger and bigger circles. Because you put people like that in power. Good grief. So, entertainment can enslave. Man, the good news is that the gospel sets us free. The gospel sets us free. This is point number two. This is why Jesus came. Okay, you can look at the, at the, at the gospel with so many different facets and so many different um, perspectives. But Jesus came to rescue us from the slavery of selfishness. Okay, he... Man, we, bec we become enslaved to the good things that are in God's world. And God sent Jesus to set us free. Um, Jesus can actually give us true rest. And he can save us and set us free from the hypnotic bonds of the slavery of entertainment. This is why Jesus came. Okay, and I just want to show you a couple of verses. Mark 10, 45. 
It says, for even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, He came not to be served, but to serve and give His life a ransom for many. So for us, we struggle. If you're human, you struggle with selfishness. You struggle with wanting to get your own way. You struggle with wanting to sacrifice for someone else. And Jesus comes to try to blow open the doors. Jesus comes to try to bust us free. And how does he do that? Well, he came not looking for himself. He came not looking for you to serve him, but he came to serve you. Jesus didn't have to come, but he came to give his life away. He came and then he offered his life as a ransom for many. A ransom. His life, his death was the payment for our selfishness. I mean, we could say that our selfishness is what crucified him, right? The Jews did not want, the Jews of Jesus' day, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they did not want Jesus encroaching on their relationships. They did not want Jesus challenging them and their authority. They did not want Jesus to make it uncomfortable for them with the Romans, and so they handed him over. The Romans said, we don't need you, another king, and so they crucified him because he was committing high treason against Caesar, And so because the Jewish leaders of the day, because the Romans wanted sport for the sake of their entertainment, Jesus was hung on the cross. And Jesus says while they were doing what was evil, God was using it for good. And while they crucified me, Jesus says I was dying for you. I gave my life a ransom so that your sins would be forgiven so that your selfishness would have a solution. The Bible says that when we believe in him, Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection breaks us free from the bonds of slavery. And I just want to show you Hebrews 12. It says this, Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. He's saying, look, we live in this world, sin just sort of clings to us. It comes at us from all over the place. We say, yeah, come on, yeah, come on. Let me put you on, I'll put you on, let me do this. And so it's saying, take all that off, leave it aside, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How do we do this? Verse 2, by looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. What this verse is telling us is that Jesus hung on the cross and in a very, I would only say this if the verse said this, and I couldn't say this if the verse didn't say but you see what it says? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And so for Jesus, Jesus was willing to die. He was willing to be sacrificed. He was willing to be crucified and tortured. Right, he went through all of that and he was driven by a joy. That Jesus was able to find a measure of entertainment, we could say, in serving you unto death. Jesus found that giving himself for the life of the world, that giving himself for your sins brought him joy. 
The joy that Jesus saw was the, the, the joy that was set before him. The reason he endured the cross was because he knew. He knew that if you could see him dying for you in sacrificial love, that you would realize that selfishness doesn't win. Jesus knew that by you seeing what he did for you, you would be compelled by his love and you would follow him. The joy set before him was that Jesus, if you're willing to endure this, there will be an innumerable company of people who will give their lives away for you. And for that joy, for that joy, he endured the cross and despised all of the shame. He found hope, life, and joy in the midst of his suffering because he knew that his suffering would demonstrate a power that is stronger than selfishness, that can break all of us free. Friends, this is the gospel. And this gospel sets us free. It exposes the lie of entertainment. And it lets us free. So our third point. Our third point is that the Sabbath then is an opportunity for us to rehearse our freedom. Okay, the gospel sets us free. The Sabbath rehearses our freedom. Here's a quote from Henry Nouwen. He said this, In the spiritual life, the word discipline means the effort to create some space in which God can act. Discipline means the effort to create some space in which God can act. That's what the Sabbath is. That's us. So disciplining ourselves means making effort to create some space where God can act. That's what Sundays are for. Right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. The, the, the Sabbath is not a law to, or it's not less, it's not, the, it's not a law to keep, but it's an invitation to participate in the gospel. So this is how Jesus sets us free. Because remember, Jesus doesn't condemn entertainment outright. We are told to both pray and play. And so what Jesus does isn't condemn entertainment, but he renews it. Jesus is city positive about entertainment. He celebrates what's good, and he seeks to serve and renew what is bad. And so it looks like this for the Sabbath, right? We are driven to entertainment because we long for another world. Well, in the gospel, Jesus is renewing this world. Right? There is a sense to where it's healthy to think about what God has in store for us in the future. But Jesus is renewing this world and he's using us. And so you want to take a day and make it sacred and remember on the Sabbath, starting Saturday evening, going till Sunday evening, right? From sundown to sundown is a great way to observe the Sabbath, right? And so on this day, spend time thinking about how Jesus is renewing this world. We go for entertainment because we're bored, but then in the gospel, Jesus actually invites us to his mission. Right? So it's not just Jesus that's renewing this world, but he invites us to participate. Jesus says, Look, 
I want you. I want you to do this with me. Right? I came and I lived a, a different life to show the world there's a different way to live. And I want you to follow me so that through the power of God that's unleashed in your life, right, through the renewed perspective and with the hope of a renewed world, I want you to begin to do things now in this life that would show others, man, that there is so much more to this world than playing games on your phone all day long. Right, there's so much more to this world than simply entertainment. And then, we want to be served. The Gospel reminds us that Jesus came to, be, came to serve. And He says, as the Father sent me, so send I you. I want you to go out. I want you to find life. Man, it's not wrong to long for another world. Jesus actually says the reason that you long for another world is because there is another world. And on the Sabbath, you can start living in that other world once a week. Man, the mission of Jesus keeps us from boredom, right? He calls us to renew the city. We are on that mission. That will satisfy you. That will keep you from boredom. And I hope, you might not have gotten to this place, but I hope you can get to a place where you agree with Jesus that actually the way to be satisfied is not to be served, but to serve. To not serve yourself, but to give yourself for others. And the point is, the point is that we waste a lot of time we waste a lot of time. And it's one thing to do to waste time during the week. But on Sunday, God wants you to take the day off. Right? This doesn't mean that you can't be entertained, but seek your entertainment in a way that includes God. Right? So if you want to take some time to play a game, right? before you play, thank God that you have a day to set aside Thank Him for the creativity of the person who made this game that is so addicting. Right? And make sure that's not the only thing you do on His day. I understand that for the Gospel, and even for the church, um, there's a challenge here. Right? There's a challenge to be the church. There's a challenge to hold on to the gospel and the way of the Sabbath in the midst of our culture um, because the church isn't always as entertaining as the culture. I mean, there's authors that say, oh man, what the church really needs to do is we need to tell better stories. You know? And if we just did a better job of entertaining people you know, with the gospel, then people wouldn't even want the entertainment that's out there. And I'm reading this going, gosh, like that sounds good, but... I don't think I'm a good enough pastor or preacher to be able to compete with what's out there. Um, and, 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 and at the same time, too, like, I don't think that Jesus is asking us to have to choose one or the other. I think Jesus is saying, look, don't forget the gospel. Right? Don't forget the gospel. Bring the gospel in to the rest of your entertainment. But I do think that it's important for us to ask ourselves, what are you looking for in your entertainment? I mean, think about that. Answer that, like, what are you looking for? Because often what we're looking for is what creates the standard by which we, we measure 
the entertainment that we say yes to. Um, I think that it's toxic to meditate or to experience like victory that has no death. Okay? I think that if you fill your life with comedy that has no tragedy, you are going to be um, less healthy. Um, there really, there can be no resurrection without death. And if you are looking to be entertained, if you are looking to be entertained without being challenged, right? If you are looking for a life where people can't say the hard things to you, if you're looking for a life where, um, like even coming to church, where you'll be constantly entertained and you'll never feel bored, um, I think that is part of what is toxic selfishness. I think that what we deliver in our church on Sundays is the story of a God who cares. Um, it's the story of our own failure to care back to God. And then the story of God's committed love for us as sinful people who don't care. I mean, that's the story that we're trying to rehearse. And that God's committed love finds us and it woos us and it convinces us that actually the path to being significant, the path to accomplishing great things, the path to not being bored, and the path to not needing to be entertained comes when you decide that you're going to be like God and give yourself to others in service. Man. Friends, Jesus died because of the time that you and I waste. He was crushed because not only did we not care about him, not only do we not care about what God has to say with things sometimes like the Sabbath, um, but we care very much to preserve and to protect our entertainment lifestyle. Jesus was crushed because of that. We take our days off to then continue preserving that entertainment lifestyle. We don't do what Isaiah 58 says. We don't call the Sabbath a delight. We don't take delight in the Lord on His day. We think it's a burden. And so we throw out questions and argue about what you can and can't do as a way to keep from actually having to do something for God. And all the while, all the while, the cross shows us the end of a culture of entertainment. Then... The cross is Jesus walking out to us every single Saturday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday afternoon. Jesus comes to us every week with his arms stretched out wide so that we can see his nail-pierced hands. He shows us the end of entertainment and selfishness. And he says, come. Come, you that are weary and can't find rest. Come, you who are bored and don't know what to do. Come to me. Take my yoke. I will ask you to give me everything, and yet you will find that my burden is light. Will you meet Jesus today? Will you take this day and make it sacred? 
spend time today remembering that you were made for another world and that Jesus is calling you to renew this world. Spend time remembering what he has done for you and live life free from addiction to entertainment. Let's pray. Jesus, we all, we do, we need to unplug. We need to turn off our stuff. And we need to see you crucified and then risen, showing us, showing us that you bring life. That it's your way, the way of the cross and the resurrection. We confess together, Jesus, we haven't thought about this like this before. But enslaved to entertainment, that leads to death. Death is when we ignore you in the midst of our entertainment. And so we pray that you would help us today to pray and play. Help us today to enjoy the entertainment that we have, the company that we have, as gifts from you. And help us to continue to say yes to worship, to spending time with you, to remembering what is most important. And Jesus, I pray for those who are here, they don't know you. Lord, would you touch their hearts? Would you help them to see that the reason that they want to escape to another world is because they were made for another world? You want them to experience the glory of heaven in a relationship with you so that they too can be part of the mission to renew this world. If you don't know Jesus, confess your sins. Confess your selfishness. Ask him to forgive you. He'll come into your life. And you can start living on this mission. Jesus, help us for the rest of today till the sun goes down to honor you. Amen.